WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. Download the free local news app today. Police say a fire in downtown St. Joseph yesterday was arson. The St. Joe Department of Public Safety was dispatched to the apartment fire at 415 Main Street about 2 p.m. and found smoke coming out of the upper floor windows in a building that includes apartments on the second floor and businesses on the first floor. The blaze was extinguished and public safety determined it had started when a couch was set on fire. The building suffered extensive damage. After an investigation, a 47-year-old woman was arrested for first-degree arson and child endangerment. Shannon Marie Russell was to be arraigned today on the charges. There were no injuries in the fire. Benton Township Police are giving an update on a death that occurred on March 11th. More from Michael Arney. The victim has been identified as 65-year-old Wendell Hill. Benton Township Police say the fire was ruled an arson. Police are now working to identify the suspect. Hill was pronounced dead at the scene. Anyone with information on the fire that happened in the 2100 block of Coolidge Avenue is urged to call Benton Township Police. Their number, 269-925-1135. You can also call Crime Stoppers at 574-288-STOP. I'm Michael Arning, WSJM News. The Makers Trail Festival in Bridgman is now being hosted by St. Joseph Today. The Greater Bridgman Area Chamber and Growth Alliance approached the organization about taking over the annual event at Waco Beach. St. Joe Today's Amy Zapel tells us, as an organization that plans many events, taking on the festival in Bridgman makes sense. Besides, St. Joseph Today doesn't have to be about just St. Joseph. St. Joseph Today has always been, at least for a good many years, outside of St. Joe as well as within St. Joseph. Our footprint runs from South Haven to South Bend and out towards Kalamazoo. Folks join, they become members of St. Joseph Today because they believe in what we do and the power and impact of our efforts. Sable says the next Maker's Trail Festival is set for June 10th and will feature dozens of locally made wines, beers, and other spirits, along with music and food. Folks that own them and make these craft beverages are committed, they are creative, they love our community, they are happy to be here. The Maker's Trail Festival will run on June 10th from 1 to 7 p.m. Tickets will go on sale April 1st at makerstrailfestival.org. On the day of the festival, as always, there will be shuttles to run people from town down to the beach. The Twin Cities of St. Joseph and Benton Harbor are a step closer to completing a unity project celebrating the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. The St. Joe City Commission on Monday approved the Unified Civic Monuments Project final design for an MLK monument to be constructed in the Margaret B. Upton Arboretum along the St. Joseph River. During the meeting, Benton Harbor Commissioner and Project Co-Chair Edward Isom informed the council Benton Harbor approved its design in December and talked about the project's journey. The main thing I love about this project is the unity. These two cities can come together and unite, and this project is doing that. I went through a lot to get it moving at my city commission because, you know, we didn't feel it. Some of them didn't feel it, and some told me. God told me to keep pushing this, you know, and we're here. The St. Joseph design will feature Dr. King walking forward with one arm raised up, je- gesturing toward the sky in Benton Harbor. His right hand will rest on the shoulders of a young black girl who's feeding a dove from her hand. A slightly older white girl will stand behind them, releasing a dove toward Benton Harbor. For more details and images in the meeting behind the monument, you can see our story at WSJM.com. Congressman Bill Heisinga is planning to get some answers from federal regulators regarding the failure of Silicon Valley Bank. 
During a Teletown Hall this week, Heisinger was asked what caused the bank to collapse. He said it comes down to poor decisions. I believe it was bad management was part of it out at SVB. You look at what they did or frankly didn't do when it came to interest rate mitigation. They did not hedge against that. Heisinger says there were indications there were problems with SVB that even regulators knew about that caused a run on the bank. They had somewhere between 22 and $25 billion cash on hand. In less than 48 hours, SVB had $42 billion, $42 billion taken out of the bank. They didn't have enough cash. Heisinger said the House Financial Services Oversight Committee will hold a hearing on the issue tomorrow. They'll talk with Treasury officials, the FDIC, and the Federal Reserve. He said regulators may bear some of the blame. However, he added he believes the banking system nationwide is still strong. LGBTQ Michiganders now have the same civil rights protections as any other group since Governor Gretchen Whitmer signed an expansion of the Elliott Larson Civil Rights Act into law this month. Out Center Director Mary Jo Schnell tells us the Benton Harbor organization was part of a coalition pushing for the expansion for years. Schnell says they're over the moon the expansion has finally happened. This is historic and monumental for the state, but also for all of the Michiganders that have been locked out of equal protection for way too long. Schnell says the OutCenter gets calls all the time from LGBTQ people who face discrimination, often at work, from people who harass them. There's also housing, whether or not they got that rental because the landlord looked them up on Facebook. So it's insidious. It was too lax for too long. And I really feel like this is a turning point for a lot of people. Schnell says having a state law on the books protecting LGBTQ people from such discrimination will empower them not to take abuse. Among the eight state House Republicans to join Democrats to expand that law was State Representative Pauline Wenzel of Berrien County. Schnell says the OutCenter is grateful that Wenzel took a stand for equal protection. A grand opening will be held this week for the new office of Congressman Tim Wahlberg in Niles. This is the first time in history Niles will have a congressional office in town. Wahlberg says since he started serving his new district, the 5th District, a top priority has been opening a district office in that community. He says, quote, this office will allow constituents to make their voice heard and access our dedicated team of caseworkers who are eager to help individuals when they encounter issues with the federal government. The office will be located at 92 East Main Street in downtown Niles. The grand opening will be on Friday at 11 a.m. Wahlberg's 5th District covers most of the southern counties of Michigan, running all the way from Monroe County in the east to uh, the southern half of Berrien County here in the west. And there's an effort underway to build a splash pad in Coloma. Mayor Marsha Hammond tells us the city council has created a special committee to pursue the project, which would cost an estimated $165,000 to $200,000. The splash pad idea came out of master planning and a series of meetings which found residents support it. Hammond says the plan is to put it at Randall Park. Randall Park has always been one of our biggest assets and by far one of the most used green spaces within the city. And we have had a green space with some walking paths out in front of the playground area. And it really doesn't get that much use. And we just thought, you know, wow, this would be a wonderful addition. Hammond says it would be a great place for kids to play in the summer. The city's working with Vortex, a company that specializes in installing splash pads in similar communities. Hammond says the city's working to raise funds for the project and will have an account set up for people to donate. Anyone who wants to help should contact City Hall. If all goes well, she says they could have the splash pad this summer. Meanwhile, the city's also exploring enhancements to the kayak launch that's part of the Pawpaw River Trail. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report.
WSJM News now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dwajak, where furniture shopping is fun. President Biden once again is calling for lawmakers to pass expanded background checks, regulations on gun storage, and an assault weapons ban. That's after the mass shooting that left six people dead, including three children at a Christian school in Nashville. ABC's Karen Travers has the latest from President Biden, who spoke again about the shooting while on a visit to North Carolina. President Biden called the Nashville school shooting senseless and absolutely heartbreaking. I never thought when I started my public life that guns would be the number one killer of children in America. Guns. Number one. It's sick. The president pushed back on Republicans for not wanting to take more action on gun reform. And don't tell me we can't do more together. So I again call on Congress to pass the assault weapons ban. Pass it. Karen Travers, ABC News, Washington. Police say the Nashville school shooter legally bought seven firearms in recent years and hid the guns from her parents before killing three children and three adults at a Christian school. Police said today the shooter did not specifically target their victims during the shooting at the Covenant School on Monday. The victims included three nine-year-olds and the head of the school. Shooter Audrey Hale was a former student at that school. Authorities say Hale was not known to them before the attack. They say that Hale was under a doctor's care for an undisclosed emotional disorder. On Capitol Hill, House members have pressed federal and state environmental officials about the ongoing response to the East Palestine, Ohio community following last month's toxic train derailment there. More from ABC's Justin Finch. House Environment Subcommittee Chairman and Ohio Representative Bill Johnson says very little in East Palestine, Ohio is close to normal following last month's Norfolk Southern toxic train crash. Columbiana County, Ohio Health Commissioner Wesley Venn says his agency foresees long-term environmental and health testing ahead. Continue to monitor the air, to continue to monitor groundwater, to continue to monitor the streams. These are all very, very important issues, as well as monitoring our health uh, of the residents uh, going forward. Justin Finch, ABC News, Washington. Former Vice President Mike Pence must testify as part of a special counsel investigation into January 6th in the role of former President Donald Trump as a federal judge in Washington. ABC's Aaron Katursky has more. The judge rejected Trump's assertion of executive privilege over Pence's testimony. Absent an appeal, the decision means Pence would have to testify before a grand jury. However, the same judge also ruled Pence cannot be asked about everything related to January 6th. Questions about his role as president of the U.S. Senate are off limits. The special counsel has sought to question Pence on the pressure Trump exerted on him prior to the certification of the election. Sources told ABC News the order does require Pence to answer questions about any possible illegal acts by Trump. Aaron Katursky, ABC News, New York. The back and forth continues between the White House and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy on the issue of raising the debt ceiling and spending cuts. The White House is standing firm, insisting that Congress must raise the debt limit without any conditions or negotiations. Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre noting in a statement that House Republicans did that three times when former President Trump was in office. Jean-Pierre alludes to the recent banking crisis, adding, quote, recent events underscore the need for Congress to address the debt limit as soon as possible. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy sent a letter to President Biden requesting requesting a meeting to discuss the debt ceiling and negotiate spending cuts. The White House says those two issues must be tackled separately. Migrants fearing deportation set mattresses ablaze at an immigration detention center in northern Mexico, starting a fire that killed at least 40 people. As according to the Mexican president, it was one of the deadliest events ever at a Mexican immigration lockup. Hours after the fire broke out late Monday, rows of bodies were laid out under sheets outside the facility in Ciudad Juarez, which is across from El Paso, Texas, and a major crossing point for migrants. Ambulances, firefighters, and vans from the morgue swarmed the scene. 29 people were injured. 
And Californians are bracing for yet another round of strong and potentially damaging weather today and tomorrow. More from ABC's Alex Stone. For Californians, it's kind of unbelievable that there's no end in sight to the back-to-back storms that have been hitting for months after a warm and dry break of just a couple of days. Now the state getting slammed again. This guy in San Francisco. I've been here for 35 years, so this is the most rain I've seen in the entire time I've been living here. Allison Bridger, chair of meteorology at San Jose State University, says this storm hitting won't be the last. might be another one late next weekend. And if you believe the long-range models, there might be another one at Easter. Alex Stone, ABC News, Los Angeles. WSJM News Now continues with your weather forecast.